people that are listening right now, if you've got those naysayers in your life, I had them too. Um, but I had made up my mind that, okay, I want this to work. Welcome to The Chic Space, a podcast by Premier Designs, where you hear stories from our jewelers about Premier's purpose of enriching lives and training tips on how you can build your business. For this episode, your hostess, Brett Duncan, Senior Vice President of Strategy and Business Development. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to The Chic Space. I am excited to be here. Uh, got a great jeweler that we're going to be talking with today. You know, it's all about the stories and the lessons that we learn from those stories, enriching lives, every single life that we touch. That's what we're all about here at Premier Designs. And that's what the Chic Space is all about. It's really capturing those stories, how jewelers, successful jewelers have been enriched by Premier, but even more importantly, what they're doing within their business as they're serving others and how they're enriching others as well. So very excited today because, uh, there's a name I constantly am saying when we do recognition reports and things like that, whether it's uh, Disney points or retailing or whatever. If we're doing it, this name constantly comes up, and that name is Amy Parks. Amy, thank you for being here. <laughs> no problem. Thanks for inviting me. This is exciting. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I know you've got a lot to share, and I'm eager to hear your story. It'll be new to me as well. Uh, but some some quick uh, context, and then I'm going to share a little bit more a little bit later in the business or in the episode what you've been doing with your business. But you are a designer. You've been with Premier what about 12 years? Is that right? It'll be 13 years in May. Awesome! Wow! Yeah. Great. Yep. Long time. <laughs> yeah. And you're from the Kansas City area, is that right? Yeah, I'm actually originally from Chicago, okay. um, but I current go Cubs, um, <laughs> but I currently live in Kansas City, Missouri. Yep. Okay. Awesome. So, uh, yeah. So you've been with us going on 13 years. Take us back. Take us back to what would that be? 2006. Uh, yep. you, you haven't been part of Premier. What led to you deciding, hey, I want to become a jeweler? What were the circumstances? What did life look like then? Well, like many, um, I did not grow up to become a jewelry stylist. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, a, I'm a teacher. I taught third grade for nine years. And in my fourth year teaching, um, I was recently engaged, um, making roughly $35,000 a year, trying to plan a Chicago wedding with a guest list of 250 people at a hundred dollars a person. Oh. And, um, I just, I was kind of on the fence with like, I just having my parents help me pay for all of this. And I kind of was feeling a little stressed from that. And that's when I was invited to a premier designs jewelry party. Um, and I'll be totally honest with you. I did not want to go. <laughs> <laughs> I had taught all day. I had a headache, but it was one of my bridesmaids. And so I was kind of, she's like, all right, you have to come. You have no choice. So I went, um, and just like many others that I've learned from, um, I didn't really wear a ton of jewelry, which is funny because that night I spent $150 and I scheduled my own show oh, wow. <laughs> with that stylist. Yeah. So what's funny is when the stylist started talking about the business, my ears perked up and direct sales was definitely not on my radar. Yeah. Um, but if I was going to pick up a second job alongside my teaching position, I needed it to be flexible. I needed it to where I can set my own hours where I didn't have a boss telling me when I was supposed to be at work. And um, so I thought that Premiere was perfect. Um, and so two weeks later, I launched my business um, and I did no research. 
I did not research other drug sale companies, nothing. This just kind of seemed like the perfect fit for me. So in May of 2006, I launched my business. Um, I had 10 events in my first 45 days, loving the extra income. Um, it was exciting. We had our wedding completely paid in full before the date. Um, we got married in June of 2007. Um, but in that year, um, of my first year uh, of my business, we had a pretty big speed bump along the way. Um, so I started my business in May of 2006 and in October of 2006, my husband, Michael, well, husband, yeah, fiance then, (laughs) um, was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. Yeah. And when this happened, that's when I knew Premier came into my life, um, not just to help pay for our wedding. I think God knew that um, what he was doing when he brought Premier into my life. And um, not only did Premier help provide the money we needed for the wedding, but also for medical expenses. Um, Yeah, it was pretty an intense year. I actually don't remember too much of it, but uh, such an emotional year. And that year leading up to our wedding, Michael went through two major surgeries, nine weeks of chemotherapy. Um, and he wrapped up treatment in March of 2007 and we were married in June of 2007. Um, and honestly, at that point I was going to quit premiere. Um, I didn't really see me doing it after the wedding, but God had other plans. And because of my husband's cancer, um, we could no longer have children naturally. Mm. So I kept doing premier to help pay for infertility. And fortunately on the first infertility attempt, we got pregnant. Uh, we found out New Year's Eve, 2010, and my son Nolan was born um, September, 2011. Wow. And um, yeah. And during that time I was pregnant, my husband, who's now cancer free, by the way, <laughs> mm, thank you. Um, brought up to me taking a break from teaching. And this, the whole stay at home mom thing was also never on my radar. I love teaching. It was my passion. I I was one of those that I was at work by seven and stayed late. I was kind of one of those teachers. Um, But being a teacher and a jeweler and a brand new mom, one of those had to go. (laughs) And it wasn't going to be the whole mom thing. You know, the baby wasn't going to go. So, um, you know, and at that point, I had already been working my business for five years part time alongside my teaching position, and um, I was making close to what I was making teaching, and so it was kind of a no brainer. And so I left teaching, uh, tried the whole stay at home mom thing, and working my business full time, and I ended up loving it. Mm. And now I've been a work from home mom for almost eight years, and it it's been the best. I can't even. I'm so blessed, and. Um, a couple years ago, our infertility journey ended after eight additional attempts with no success. So we're one and done, but our son, Nolan, he's the biggest blessing. He's seven. He's seven years old now. He's in first grade. He's amazing. He's smart. I just, I love being available to him um, to go do things at his school and whatnot. Um, and I still have not gone back to teaching. Oh. <laughs> and I think my husband has grown, uh, or me as well, I've grown accustomed to the flexibility that my work offers. And I mean, you can't beat the 50%. Um, I love what I do. I love my hostesses and customers. My team is amazing. Um, and I still feel like I'm using my teaching degree. Right. Um, and, and, and probably just in all that kind of summed up what I've just told you is what I love about my premier business is that it has gone with me through all the different seasons of my life. I mean, from 
wedding to cancer to infertility to now being a work from home mom. I mean, it has been there for me along the way. And I didn't expect it to be. I mean, it was just supposed to be a short term gig. Right. I never thought that this would be something I'd be doing for 13 years. And I honestly can't imagine my life without it. Right. No, it, it really is. And we hear that story a lot of, of women who are like, well, I see a need right now. And this seems to meet that need right now. Right. But then obviously, uh, premiere right. and the jewelers and everything that we're about kind of takes over. Right. And, and it, uh, other needs pop up. God leads us through whatever it is he wants to lead us through. Um, mm-hmm. and premiere still finds a way to enrich lives. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I've enriched, I've been enriched beyond measure. It's, it's really almost, it's, hard to describe sometimes how amazing it has been. So, yeah. yeah. I want to dig a little deeper. You know, you, you mentioned teaching and doing this, what'd you say? Was it five, uh, five, six years? Uh, I, yeah, I did. Okay. Um, I taught, um, I did my business part-time alongside my full-time teaching position for five consecutive years. Right. So we, I, I know there's a lot of jewelers listening right now. That's exactly where they're at. What would be your just kind of top of mind advice that you would give to someone you know, uh, as far as being successful, having that part-time premier business while you also have another full-time job, what, what makes it work? Well, I, you know what, I, my, the systems that I put in place, I mean, that yeah. was kind of my big thing. Um, when I started teaching is I remember, um, my first year, er, my first year doing premiere and I sent two thank you cards to one hostess. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I, Amy, I got to figure this out. How am I going to juggle my full-time teaching position and do premiere at the same time? Because I needed both. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that's when I started hostess coaching. I created like a checklist system and that, you know, that's the teacher in me, you know, right. I'm a systems girl pretty much with anything in my life. Um, and that's what I started. And it's just a, a step-by-step sheet that I've created that tells me exactly what I need to do. And that really, honestly, even to this day, um, even though I'm, I'd probably be considered a seasoned jeweler. That's what I look at every single day. It has now replaced what would be my lesson plans for teaching. It's now like my lesson plans for my business. I look at it every single day and it tells me what I need to do. So I would tell a new jeweler, have a system in place. So then that way you're not scattered. You know exactly what you need to do every single day for your business. Wow. That's awesome. And I want to dig in a little bit more into that, but, you know, even Mm -hmm. thinking here, uh, you know, just thinking through it too on knowing, and I've, I've heard a lot of people say this, that again, if you're listening right now, uh, whatever time, excuse me, whatever time it is that you have uh, to give to your premier business, you know, if those systems are in place, you know, you can make the most of that time, right? If it's an hour a day or if it's an hour a week, whatever it is, right? right? It's the systems that are going to make that as effective as possible. And so many jewelers we hear are, uh, hey, they're they're just waiting for the business to happen for them. (laughs) But it's actually, you know, and you are a shining example of this. It's getting in there and actually making it happen, right? Well, exactly. And I mean, and if somebody's working a full-time position and they're trying to figure out, well, when am I going to make booking lead calls? When am I going to do those types of things? When I taught full-time every Sunday evening for about 30, 45 minutes, and my husband knew that this was uninterrupted time, where I went in my office and I contacted, I made customer care calls. I made booking lead calls because things like that were really difficult for me to do during the week. Cause I would teach all day. And then there were some weeks where I had three shows in the evenings. And so the evenings that I had events, I did not want to have to do anything else for my business that day. 
So my, I always loaded my car up the day before everything was in my car ready to go. So then that way, when I was done teaching that day, I'd go home and have dinner. I could even take a 30 minute cat nap. And then my car was all ready to go. I would go and do my show. And then that, like I said, that Sunday night is when I would, um, focus on reaching out to get those events on my calendar. Now that looks a little bit different since I work full time. Yeah. Now I'm able, I have a little bit more time during the week, but I have a lot of women on my team that do this as their side hustle. And so that's what they've all kind of started is on a Sunday night. That's when they're in their office working on their business, those booking lead calls, customer care calls, those types of things. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, let me give the listeners a little bit of context here because I'm just sitting here looking at your uh, you know, stats for lack of a better term, uh, but it's really <laughs> impressive. And we're recording this uh, toward the end of January 2019. It's probably coming out in February or March, something like that. Uh, so it's probably even grown since I'm saying this. But looking over the last 12 months, I think you're over 90,000 in retail. Just in the last, like July through December, we were looking at that. I think you had 48,000 in retail. 116 mm-hmm. group orders. You have 63 gym members. You have several jewelers I was looking at who are in a jump start to builder who are part of your team. You are currently, our Dash to Disney uh, incentive is, is still going on right now. And you are number seven overall as of January 22nd. You've got like 53,000 points. You've earned the fast pass. You've already gotten the 50,000 retail club. I'm running <laughs> out of things to say, like you've done everything. So, I mean, how? How are you making this happen? You are uh, just a retailing machine. What's going on there? Well, it's so funny because when it comes to retail, people ask me this all the time. Like, how do I do it? How do I stay so consistent with my retail? And I know that this is going to seem really odd to say, but I don't really worry about it or focus on it too much. Um, When I follow the systems I have in place and I work towards my goals, And I focus on serving and building relationships. Honestly, the retail just comes. And I know it actually just gives me goosebumps saying it, but it does. I, I mean, I have a certain, my husband and I, we have a certain amount that is my goal each month. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's when I say, you know, I do have goals I work towards, but when I go to a show, I don't even think about it. I just work on serving those women, loving on them, having fun with them, teaching them some things. And then the retail just comes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if we, if there's some note takers out there, there we go. <laughs> that are yes. listening, I mean, there are some things that they want to write some things down. I mean, the big thing um, that I think helps me is I set office hours. Um, and that may look different for every single jeweler, whether you're part-time or full-time. Yeah. You know, for me, my office hours are every day from 12 to 3, um, where the morning time is me time, whatever I want to spend doing, working out, running errands, that kind of thing. The second thing is hostess coaching. That is a huge part of my business. Um, It just, like I said, it's my lesson plans for my business. And through hostess coaching, I'm building relationships with my hostesses because she's hearing from me. We're texting, we're private messaging, we're talking on the phone. Um, She's getting to know me and I'm getting to know her. And so there's that relationship. And guess what? I mean, she's scheduling with me every single year, Mm. um, which is awesome. We want that longevity. Right. the big thing, and I've learned this from my premier mom, Gayla Unger, is I schedule my success every Sunday night. I pull out my calendar and I plug in everything that I need to do that week for my business, from hostess coaching to 
running to the post office, making hostess packets, you know, whatever for my business. And I think that's really important um, because it also allows me not to waste time. Yeah. Um, I, I delegate uh, myself and put, plug myself into what, what I need to do um, every week. Um, the big thing, and you kind of mentioned this earlier, is just sometimes jewelers are kind of just waiting for it to happen. You have to take control of it. And I'm always working on getting events on my calendar. I don't just kind of like, all right, if it happens, it happens. Um, I have a certain amount of money that I do need to make every month to replace my teaching income. Yeah. So I can't just let it, all right, well, if I get a booking, I get a booking. I can't do it that way. And so um, I'm always working on getting events on my calendar. My goal is eight to 12 events each month. And the bulk of my retail comes from shows. Um, I do pass or play for my booking activity. And then um, I did mention earlier that on Sunday nights when I taught full or taught full time, I would do my booking lead calls. That's changed a little bit now that I'm um, a full-time stylist. I do a four by four method. Um, so four times a week, four, so typically Monday through Thursday, I contact four women on those four days. So I'm making 16 new fresh contacts each week. And also, I think it's important to try different lanes. You know, I've done the home show lane for so long. Um, a couple of years ago, I did decide to start dabbling in the whole Facebook Live. Yeah. Um, I do, you know, and it's great. Um, I, I kind of sat back and watched and learned from a few other experts, other jewelers um, in our industry that are doing it. And I took notes and decided what I wanted to do. And after about a year, I'm like, let's do this. And so I use it kind of as a supplement um, for my shows, yeah. which it's great. I mean, the Facebook Live is great because there are some women that just don't want me in their home, but they want some <laughs> free jewelry. So, um, you know, I, I would definitely tell jewelers to be open to trying something like that. Um, something else that I do is I have a VIP group. And I started that about two years ago, and I love my VIP group. Um, the connections that I've made with my hostesses and customers, I have about 500 people in that group. And these are, and you know, it's a private group. The women that are in this group want to be there. Um, so they are posting, which is amazing. I love it when they post their selfies. They're asking, hey, girls, does this look good? Um, so that there's that really good connection on my VIP group. And then, of course, I give them you know, there's, I do sales from time to time on there. It is a non-salesy group, but I do like to make sure that they're taken care of. So I'll do a whoop whoop Wednesday where, you know, the first five people that come comment whoop whoop get up to two pieces, 40% off. I'll do a 12 days of bling around the holidays. Um, one idea that I got from regional rally that I'm about ready to implement is a gem day flash sale. Hmm. Um, since I do have 63 gem members and all of them are on my VIP group, I kind of want to start doing something like that. And I love offering my VIP or sales. I love keeping them happy and I want them to know that, and they know this, that they can come, um, to me and I'm going to take care of them. Mm -hmm. Um, something else to also work on. And I think, um, you know, there, there are a lot of jewelers added that may not do this is I overbook my calendar by two events every month. And I think that's really important because we're in that industry of cancellations and postponements. Yeah. And um, you have to, and especially for me, since I work full time and I rely on that, um, that income, I do overbook by two events because I don't want it to be where, let's say my goal is four shows a month and yeah. I only book four, but two cancel. And then you're like, Oh, what am I going to do now? You know? So I like to kind of, Work smarter, not harder, I guess is what yeah. I'm saying on that. Um, what happens, I'm and, curious, and I know other jewelers do that as well, but 
uh, it's so smart. What happens when they all, they, none of them cancel and you're overbooked? What do you do about that? Okay. Um, it's a great month. <laughs> um, I may be a little bit busier that month and I may be a little bit more tired, but my bank account is nice. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I love it. And here, and that's the big thing too, is momentum. Okay. Um, you want to get your place, your business in a place where you've got really good momentum. Um, the, the, I just, I remember this because the feeling that I had, and um, this was the winter after I had my son and my calendar, it was the first, and I, I'm happy to say this, but I know it's not common. That was the first time in my business. So we're looking at, you know, in the business six years at that point where I really kind of had a valley in my business and my calendar wasn't where I wanted it to be. And I, I remember I went to my office for like hours. I told my husband, I said, I, I need to get in my office. I need to make contacts. And back then that's when we called. <laughs> we didn't do texting or private messenger or anything like that. And so, um, I got my calendar back where I wanted it to be. And because of that feeling I had, I never want to feel that way again. Mm. So I, I just work my business to the point where I want that momentum to be there and never go away. Yeah. You know, um, and also something my premier mom also taught me is if I go to a show and I leave a show without getting a booking, I have homework. And that is something that I have stuck with. That's another system that I've stuck with since day one being in this business back in 2006. Um, I know that if I didn't get a booking that next day, I have homework. I need to replace a show with a show. That's an absolute must. Yeah. Wow. It, I mean, there's, <laughs> we could break down, we could probably spend all day and like break down each part of that. I do have a few things I'm curious about. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to go back to the hostess coaching. So as okay. you are like talking with jewelers on your team or maybe other jewelers that you're around, where do you find, like, what's the one or two nuggets that have to do with hostess coaching that it feels like most jewelers seem to skip and yet it has the most impact? Well, okay. So out of hostess coaching, uh, you know, just having conversations with jewelers about hostess coaching over the years, um, since I have such a strategic system, one time I remember a stylist had said to me, well, I mean, don't you feel like you're kind of being bossy and telling your hostesses what to do? And that's what I would tell a jeweler is don't be afraid and don't think that because my hostess says, they absolutely love it that I tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously I don't <laughs> tell them what to do and, you know, in a bad way. I mean, it's, right. you know, I give them the tools. I tell them exactly what they need to say to their customers. Um, I give them pictures, like little images that they need to send out. I take as much as I can off my hostess's plate. So then that way I do have somewhat control of my business. That's another thing. Hostess coaching allows me to have some type of control. It's not just saying, okay, yeah, let's have a show and hoping your hostess is doing what she needs to do in order for it to be successful. Right. Yeah. I don't know if I answered your question. No, you, I mean, you <laughs> totally did. Cause I do think, I think a lot of jewelers are scared to do that. They're like, Hey, I'm not, I feel like I've, you know, I'm, I'm pushing the limits just by getting a yes that they'll host a show. I mean, you know, I'll take whatever I can get from there, but it's like, no, you know, if I'm yeah. a business owner. Well, and honestly, at my events, when I'm doing a show and I'm at that point in my presentation where I'm doing the booking activity, I don't even ask my hostesses to do this. But what they'll do, they'll chime in and they'll say, girls, you need to do an event with Amy. She tells you exactly what you need to do when you need to do it. That's one of the biggest compliments I get from my hostesses is because they're all busy. And I mean, let's be real and honest here. We are... 
you know, my hostesses, I am not their number one priority. Yeah. Um, they, they have their full-time job, their family, their kids are in sports. Hosting a show with me is not their number one priority. So my job as their stylist is to take all that off their plate and make sure that they have the tools. And I just let them know what they need to do when they need to do it. And then it's a win-win situation. She's having a great show and getting tons of jewelry. I'm have, you know, the re and, and that's another thing. Then the retail comes. Okay. So, you know, I, I will have the gym membership special at my shows and I show a ton of jewelry. I do lots of events. Mm. Um, but just building that relationship through with hostess coaching and just by her talking about me with her friends, uh, the bookings come and the retail comes. It just, it's kind of a natural progression if that makes sense. Yeah, most definitely. You know, I, I just, I have to applaud you again. I mentioned it a little bit, but I mean, you truly have a business owner mindset about your business and, and not that there's anything wrong. There's plenty of jewelers who have signed up and it's, it's essentially a hobby for them, you know, and that's fine if that's what they want out of it. But, uh, you've, you've obviously, this is a major source of income for you. You treat it that way. It is your business. And, uh, I think that attitude and that mindset obviously makes all the difference in the world. Um, so again, well, and, and the big thing too, right, right. And I mean, um, a a huge turning point in my business for me was when I decided to go full time. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there may be a lot of jewelers out there that are listening that are like, gosh, you know, I'm on the fence. I I love my business and I really want to go full time with it. You know, what do I do? I mean, I really rant that when we decided that I was going to leave teaching and do my business full time, um, I really ramped up my shows, you Mm -hmm. know, to kind of get that momentum set in place. Um, so then that way, when I left teaching, I wasn't stressed about the money or having enough events on my calendar. Um, but the, the biggest part for me, um, other, you know, besides leaving teaching full time, I mean, it was kind of scary. Um, I was afraid I couldn't do it. And I will tell you the hardest part were the doubts that other people had. Yeah. And so I would tell, you know, people that are listening right now, if you've got those naysayers in your life, I had them too. Um, but I had made up my mind that, okay, I want this to work. I want to try this whole work from home mom thing. We did not want to put our child in daycare if we didn't have to. Um, but I, I mean, even my father-in-law said to me, well, you'll run out of people to have shows for you. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and then I'd have other people, um, I hate to say this, but my brother even said this to me, well, that's not what you went to school for. I'm sure you'll go back to teaching. (laughs) So there was that guilt of, okay, I, I spent all this money to go to college. Um, and now I'm not using my teaching degree when really I kind of feel that I am, um, you know, with my team and, um, I, I'm still teaching just not to nine year olds. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Um, those doubts scared me, but I think that was the one thing that made me work even harder is I wanted to prove them wrong. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, and I want to, oh, and I'm curious, you were saying there, uh, and this might be getting a little personal, but um, so what percent of your teaching income did you have kind of like covered already when you decided to go full time? Um, I was, cl- I was pretty much close to replacing my teaching income. Okay. Um wow. Number I couldn't tell you exact sure, numbers, sure, sure. but when yeah, yeah. I left teaching, I was making about forty-two grand, mm-hmm. um, and then 
probably that year, I ended up probably bringing in, I want to say it was around 38 grand Okay. because I had, you know, (laughs) in the teacher world, it was kind of like, all right, there was light at the end of the tunnel. (laughs) I knew I was leaving. I ramped up my business. I was doing 10 to 15 events a month. Um, so we knew we probably could make it work when I left teaching. Oh, that's awesome. No, I appreciate you sharing that. So going to wrap up here. Uh, going to put you on yeah. the spot a little bit. Uh, one okay. is thinking back over the last six to 12 months, what is a piece of advice that you find yourself giving others very consistently? Like for a new jeweler or yeah. with anybody? Uh, yeah. Well, I, probably the biggest thing I would tell somebody is take it one step at a time. Hmm. Pick one or two lanes to stay in. You know, there are so many lanes that we can be in for our business, yeah. whether it's home shows, Facebook parties fundraisers, um, vendor events, your VIP group. Um, So I would just say, for example, if you want to do home shows and Facebook Live, focus on those. Then when you have that down, try another lane, like fundraisers or vendor events, but don't try to do it all at once. Become an expert at that one lane before you start to dabble in every single lane. Oh, that's awesome. That is great. Okay, second question. If that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. That focus... Uh, you've probably heard this, the acronym for that, it finish one course until successful, That's right, focus, exactly. you know, and so yep. that's awesome. Um, all right. Similar question. What is over the last six to 12 months, a piece of advice that you have received that has had a huge impact on your life? Well, for me is the, the biggest thing. And I, I really kind of been talking about it a last, the last year with my team really is to not have that rear view mirror thinking, mm. you know? you know, have that mindset to move forward, you know? Um, so if things didn't go your way this month, it's okay. It, it let's move forward. Yeah. You know, that month didn't go the way we wanted it to. Um, but it's time to move forward. So really, you know, having, um, a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset and no rear view mirror thinking move forward. Yeah. Awesome. What is your favorite piece of jewelry? Oh gosh, that's a hard one. Um, if I just say right now, my favorite piece of jewelry, um, I pick a word of the year and my word of the year this year is courage. And I had that engraved on one of the bar none engravable necklaces. So that's probably my favorite piece right now. Okay. Awesome. Yep. That is great. How do you drink your coffee? I don't. I ah, don't like coffee. <laughs> I was sensing that. Like as I was saying asking that question, I'm like, I'm about to hear she doesn't. Yeah. I don't. I am I don't need coffee. I don't need caffeine. <laughs> Got it. Awesome. What is there a like your morning ritual? Is there something that you do in place of that? Um, I you know what? I have a little kind of um I don't even know what you call it. It's a flashpoint supplement drink that I drink an hour before I head out for my workout and yeah. that has a little bit of caffeine in it. Okay. But that's what, that's the only thing I do in the morning. Awesome. Speaking of mornings, what time do you wake up at each day? 6.30. All right. Nice. And what, we just talked about this, uh, maybe there's something else uh, beyond uh, the supplement you just mentioned, but what's one thing you do that gives you energy? Working out. I yeah. work out five days a week. It's my I know this sounds weird. It's my therapy. I go and nothing, I tune out and um, just focus on me for that hour, hour and a half. So working out. Awesome. And then last, what is one place you want to travel that's on your bucket list? Okay. That is a big question. Um, That's hard to answer. But if I had to go with one place right now, I'd probably tell you Ireland. I am Irish. So I'm kind of like Andy. (laughs) Um, So I have never been to Ireland. So I'd love to go there. 
Awesome. That's a good one. Hey, thank you. Great, great episode. So appreciate you being part of this. And more importantly, appreciate you being part of Premier Designs. Uh, if I could sit here and clone you, I would. Uh, <laughs> so thanks well, so much. I, yeah, I appreciate you asking me. I'm truly blessed. I'm flattered. Um, and anybody that wants to reach out to me, I'm always kind of sharing my systems and my hostess coaching checklist. So jewelers out there, please feel free to reach out to me um, and I can help you. Awesome. Thank you all. And you heard her. Take advantage of that. If you've got questions, uh, reach out to Amy. She just offered it to you. So take advantage of that. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today in the Chic Space with Premier Designs. Thanks for joining us today. For more stories about enriching lives and training tips for growing your business, subscribe to the Chic Space podcast.